Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. This is Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White. I'm editor-in-chief at the Charlotte Post. And with me today is Sherry Swarthout, who is the athletics director at Queens University of Charlotte. Uh, Sherry, thank you for joining me for the podcast. And I know your hands are busy these days, maybe even a little busier than usual, even though uh, it is summer break, but for an athletics administrator, is there really an off-season? Yeah, that's a great question. I think everyone thinks there is, but there certainly isn't. And uh, thank you, um, Herb, for inviting me on this morning. Really appreciate that. So the the issue of the day, the issue of the year, for that matter, I would imagine, is that Queens making the leap to Division One? Uh, you are going to start the transition starting in July. It'll take four years, and you're headed to the A Sun, formerly known as the Atlantic Sun. Uh, it's based in Atlanta, and Queens will become the 14th or 15th member school. No, yes, the 14th. 14th, and. Some people who are familiar with athletics in Charlotte will say, you know, this move has been a long time coming because you are beating up on everybody else in Division Two. So it only makes sense that you move up to Division One. So walk me through the process of the decision by the university's uh, board of trustees to make the jump now. Yeah. Well. Well, thank you for setting it up that way. Um, you know, Queens has uh, a rich tradition in athletics, and of course, it started with Dr. Wireman and his decision um, to bring intercollegiate co-ed athletics back in the late '80s, and then hiring Dale Layer, and then of course Jeannie King, and and now myself being blessed to be able to be in this position. And you know, uh, we do have a strong athletic department, um, and we have been able to really lay a strong foundation, not just in a couple of sports, but across all of our sports. And we have what I like to call a robust sport offering. Uh, so we clock in at about 32 uh, programs. We have 26 NCAA programs. And, you know, our student athletes are flourishing. We have almost 650 um, student athletes. And not only are they flourishing, which which you acknowledged, um, athletically, uh, they're doing very well, but also academically. Um, and they're pushing the envelope at about a 3.4 cumulative GPA across those 650 athletes. And, and that's something that we're equally proud of. Um, so from an athletic perspective, you know, I think we've put ourselves in a, a really good position to make this transition. Um, but, but you are correct in that it is a university decision. And maybe a long time coming, uh, we have certainly uh, revisited it and visited it uh, a couple of different times in our history. I think that's what smart and good organizations do, right? We're constantly evaluating, uh, trying to figure out what is that next best move? What What is going to position us to continue to elevate this institution? And uh, given all the um, success, but all the investment um, that our board has made in athletics, uh, whether it's facilities or, uh, you know, just the, everything that goes into building out a well-rounded athletic department. Um, we've been very fortunate in that. And I think that this um, this evaluation, which is, it took us a year. Um, you know, we worked really hard on a feasibility study starting back in 
back in May um, doing some preliminary work and had some subcommittees and some uh, large meetings and a lot of conversation and individual meetings. And it, it just seems to make sense right now um, the, to be able to raise the profile of, of the institution through sport uh, and the, the conversation around conference selection and choosing uh, the ASUN was a big one. Um, definitely in that, uh, you know, it's, we're so well positioned in the city of Charlotte. We would be, we will be the first uh, division one private institution in Charlotte. Uh, and, and that's, you don't get to do that very often. You know, you don't get to be first very often. And uh, so just a really monumental, <clears throat> excuse me, opportunity uh, for us as a university. Now, when you mentioned the uh, private university in Charlotte being the first to, uh, to make the leap. Obviously, you're not the first one in Mecklenburg County. That would be Davidson, which leads to my other question. Uh, in terms of raising profiles, this now opens the door for those competitions with not only Davidson, but Charlotte. Uh, and is that part of that equation? And whether it is or not, you know, you, you can kind of dial us in on that. But what does that do for you in terms of the potential of playing especially the high-profile sport of basketball against the likes yeah. of the 49ers and the Wildcats. Yeah, a uh, little cross-town rivalry we'll have going on there, right? And, and thank you, yes, of course, Davidson is in uh, Mecklenburg County, um, and, and we're, you know, obviously a little bit more um, closely aligned with the city of Charlotte, and uh, so I appreciate uh, you correcting me on that. Uh, the um, opportunity to play some of those crosstown rivalries uh, is just, I think it's good for the city of Charlotte. We're a sports town. We love our sports. And you'll often hear uh, President Lugo refer to kind of a, uh, a three-legged stool, right? You've got Davidson, um, Charlotte, and now Queens. And all of us are doing the same thing to raise and lift uh, the city of Charlotte uh, through through sport and and academia. And so uh, it, it's going to be fun. I can tell you that. And uh, hopefully we'll build a lot of energy uh, for college sports in the area. I tell you what, it, it will be bananas for basketball when this becomes, <laughs> you know, a, a regular thing here where uh, the 49ers and the Royals and the Wildcats are doing that back and forth. But obviously you're talking about, with your campus, you've got 32 sports. So these are rivalries that can be built throughout the ecosystem, whether it's swimming or tennis or basketball or whatever. Absolutely. There's no question. And oftentimes in the non-championship season, we'll compete against um, Charlotte or uh, more often than that, Davidson. Uh, but looking forward to being able to compete with them during a championship season and, and go head to head. Yeah. And, when you see the college landscape and it's always evolving and we're in an era now where football is driving everything, uh, the realignments, the rivalries, what have you, uh, where does football fall into the equation at Queens or is it part of the discussion? Well, I would say that it has been discussed uh, previously, certainly, um, and part of our opportunities to evaluate where we are as an athletic department or an institution. It is currently not on 
the agenda to have a conversation about, and I don't anticipate that that's going to change um, in the near future. Uh, but we do get asked that question a lot, and, and I think it's been answered. You know, previously when we've done some of our feasibility around that, when we moved into the South Atlantic Conference back in 2012-2013, uh, that was part of what we did. We really seriously evaluated it, and we found that that might not be uh, the right opportunity for clean. And so saying that, you know, you're still going to make this jump. Uh, what is it that Division One will do for you that Division Two just couldn't? And I know that, that there's always the budget considerations in terms of scholarships, facilities, things like that. But Queens has first-ranked facilities. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but how does this pair up in terms of the the monetary side of things where it's going to cost you to make that move, and especially in terms of uh, Title IX and gender equity in terms of scholarships? Mm-hmm. All really, really good questions. And, you know, you've, you've referenced some of the investments that Queens has already made in athletics. And so part of the conversation that we set out to answer uh, was what is our return on that investment? And with a little bit more funding, do we get a greater return on our investment? Because we're going to be in different markets. We're going to have different eyes on us. We're going to be on ESPN. And what we found throughout the feasibility study was that the answer was yes. Uh, We are likely going to have um, a greater footprint. We're going to have more and greater brand awareness. And that was an important piece of the consideration. From a Title IX perspective, we have always invested uh, really well um, in women's sports um, and our men's sports. Uh, You don't get to be as successful as we are without doing both and doing both well. And uh, so from that perspective, uh, we're acutely aware of, of how to manage that and those expectations and and not just manage. I'd say we're going to be a leader. We are absolutely going to be a leader and continue to lead uh, from a Title IX and equity standpoint uh, when it comes to uh, women's sports. And for those folks who are listening to us who may not be of a certain age, Queens Mm -hmm. was an all-women school until the 1980s. So having men's sports around is the new thing on campus. And so it would only make sense that that uh, gender equity is already baked into the Queen's experience. That's exactly right. It is absolutely uh, baked in, and we have had tremendous leadership, even pre-co-ed uh, on our women's sports, uh, with uh, Coach Phyllis Farr uh, leading the way for that. And uh, definitely has, is baked into uh, the Queen's uh, just how we do business. You know, it's just who we are. We don't even talk about it because it's who we are. Yeah, but sometimes it helps to help folks understand and recognize, too, that, you know, and especially in a place like Charlotte that is so transient, you've got people who are from everywhere except Charlotte, and it's a, and there's a lot of younger people here who may not necessarily understand or can appreciate that history unless it's brought to their attention. No, you're, you're exactly right, and I appreciate you, um, uh, shining a spotlight on that because that is a real proud uh, point for us uh, that we do recognize, we do embrace, and um, again, just really proud of, of who we are as an athletic department. Now, talk to me a little bit about some of the changes. Obviously, we're talking about Division One, 
but you've got changes in your department. Um, you, you hired a new men's basketball coach. You've got changes in personnel to your staff on the women's side in that particular sport. Uh, all of this is happening all at once. And how do you juggle that and, and talk a little bit about these new people who are coming onto your staffs? Yeah, it is all happening um, all at once, isn't it? Uh, it seems like it anyway. Uh, so, yes, as we make this transition uh, in the immediate, because um, we, we will begin that transition July 1 uh, for Division 1, uh, we have had a couple of, of head coaches leave. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Bart Lundy, who had been leading our program for many years, and it was his second uh, tour here, uh, he went on to UW-Milwaukee. Um, but he has left us in just outstanding hands with Grant Leonard. And, and Grant earned uh, the right to lead our men's basketball program. Uh, he has he has done the hard work. He has been a part of the the he's been the architect along with uh, Bart the last nine years, and it's one of the most successful programs in the country, uh, let alone just Division Two. But if you look at what they've done, um, they've done it better than most uh, across all divisions, and we're excited about. The, the new um, Leonard era, as we call it, and how we're going to transition this program um, into Division One and see how we stack up. And, and yes, uh, he, is, he is building uh, his program, his coaching staff around him. And, you know, one of the most exciting things is to have Daniel Bailey, who was one of our, our superstars, you know, a decade ago or so, um, back um, as a coach. And, uh, it, you know, Grant spends um, – and is really connected to our alumni base. Um, I just can't even, it's just so important and powerful and, and they're excited. Our team is excited. Uh, we're just ready to get to, get to work. And someone who is very familiar to us over here at the post, Vanessa Taylor is a new yeah. assistant yeah. coach over at Davidson. Uh, talk a little bit about her addition because she is obviously very familiar with Charlotte. Uh, having been a longtime women's uh, head coach uh, over at Johnson C. Smith, and she understands the CIAA in Charlotte and the Carolinas. Absolutely. And I've known Vanessa for quite a few years, um, dating back to when she was at Smith, uh, and we would we would cross paths there. And, of course, uh, that's uh, Jen Brown's new hire. And Jen's beginning her third year uh, with Queens basketball and you know, how, how challenging it must have been uh, for Coach Brown to begin during uh, COVID. In fact, I, I, we actually hired her on a Zoom call before she was even able to visit campus. So uh, it'll be an interesting, she's had uh, an interesting couple of years, and then, of course, now with the transition to D1. But I couldn't be more excited for her to have Vanessa on her staff or just her, you know, her familiarity, certainly, um, with the area. But just her experience and expertise, I think it's just going to be an outstanding um, compliment to Coach Brown um, and create a great student-athlete experience uh, for our team. Yeah, and uh, and another person that we've uh, covered a little bit here is uh, Shannon Noel, who is leading women's soccer. Uh, so, yes. So we're, we're familiar with a lot of folks over there at Queens. And, uh, yes, you are. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Shannon. Um, Shannon started in in January, and you know at Queens we had we don't have a, a lot of turnover in our head coaching positions, um, but some of our head coaches have had some great opportunities, 
You know, you've got Bart at UW Milwaukee. You've got uh, Amy, our, our former women's soccer coach, going up to App State. You've got Claire Short, who drove across the street to Charlotte. And, you know, we're, we're excited for them when those opportunities present themselves. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's great for them. It's, you know, the way that they see their careers moving um, and progressing. And, and we celebrate them when that happens. When you look at the, the landscape now in Charlotte sports on the collegiate level, you're going to have three Division One schools in the county, and it's as you very well know, it's a very fierce sports market between the professionals on the one hand, high schools on the other. You've got the colleges and everything. Uh, how does Queen cut itself a bigger slice of that pie by the, moving up to Division One? Well, I, I think it's the, you know, the, the brand awareness that happens when oftentimes people refer to us as the best kept secret. There is a lot of people in Charlotte that doesn't know about Queens. And so we're, we are going to amplify that and we're going to do it in a variety of ways. But what I would say is, yes, it's, you know, from an athletic perspective, uh, we're going to have more eyes on us. We're going to be competing um, against other Division One schools that already have the spotlight on them, that we're going to be able to to join in on that. But I think what you're going to see at Queens is is not just Queens athletics um, getting a spotlight. I think you're going to see the university as whole. And and maybe you've seen some of those highlights with our Charlotte Talent Initiative and some of the other key pieces that we've been able to do at Queens. But Queens is on the rise, and and we are elevating not just athletics, but every area of this university you are going to see um, amplified and and be a stronger player in the Charlotte market, um, even from a higher education standpoint. And, of course, I would imagine that alumni have some very strong reactions to the move. Uh, What is the... What's the overall reaction, uh, whether it's alums or students or folks over there in the Myers Park neighborhood where you're situated? Yeah, great question. And, you know, collectively, what I would say is that there is a ton of enthusiasm. I I think a lot of folks had the same, um, you know, response as you did, which was not surprising. Um, Why did it take you so long? (laughs) You know, those are those are a couple of the, the responses that we get. But I think they're genuinely um, interested to see um, how how we continue to, to elevate athletics and the university. And uh, the responses from the alumni is just they're super excited. Uh, can't wait to get back um, to watch us play, to continue to follow us. Uh, just, you know, we have tremendous alumni, even being a fairly young athletic department at I think we're 33 years old, but um, yeah, it is a ton of enthusiasm. Excellent, excellent. So, last question: What does success look like for you, personally and professionally, as the athletic director, by moving up to Division One as opposed to D two? Well, I have not been asked that question before. Well, so we're inquisitive over that. here. <laughs> That's great. You know, how how do we define success? You know, we personally, uh, the, the best thing that we can do is create an absolutely outstanding student athlete, athlete experience. 
And I think if we do that, uh, the other pieces fall into play because you're going to be able to differentiate yourself out in a really, really tough recruiting market. And so for us, you know, student athlete experience gets measured in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, but the question that I always ask our student athletes at the end of four years or at the end of their playing career, would you do it again? And if they say absolutely 100%, I would, you know, I would do this all over. You know, that's to me what success looks like. And that's the type of environment that we have at Queens now that's not going to change even when we go from two to one. We are still going to hire the same high-quality coaching staff that is going to be the CFOs of their program, and they are going to continue to create excellent student-athlete experiences that differentiate them from in the marketplace. And students are going to want to um, share that message and share that those words, and uh, it's just going to be known as a, a high-quality place to go and, and compete at what is now the highest level. Excellent. I do appreciate that response and the conversation today. Uh, like I said, it's uh, it's it's a major move and it's a long time coming. And I think that uh, it's going to be a really interesting and fruitful experience uh, for the uh, university and for Charlotte as a whole. And so, uh, Sherry, thank you for, for joining us for uh, Sports Charlotte and uh, for you who are out there listening to us. Uh, you can obviously catch us on the Queen City Podcast Network, uh, Apple Podcasts, and our website, thecharlottepost.com. And uh, check us out on social media as well, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, the whole hodgepodge. We're all over the place. And I, uh, I do appreciate all of you for listening in and for all of us at the Charlotte Post in beautiful Derrida. Thank you all so much, and best of luck to you and the Royal Sherry. Thank you, Herb. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking more. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.